Hello, Playful Eco Warriors, and welcome to another episode of Climate for Fun, the podcast that turns climate change into a laughing matter. Here's Antonio Salituro, climate scientist, writer, and comedian, and I'm thrilled to have Andrew Boyd with me today. Andrew is a writer, humorist, and activist. Welcome, Andrew, and thanks for joining me. You're very happy to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> thanks a lot. Ready to laugh at climate change? <laughs> trying, trying. Yeah, cool, cool. Let's crack on then. Right, uh, Andrew, you recently published a book called I Want a Better Catastrophe, Navigating the Climate Crisis with Grief, Hope and Gallows Humor. I find the title intriguing and puzzling at the same time. So let's break it down a bit. What do you, what do you mean by better catastrophe? Is it like having stock up on Ben and Jerry ice cream before a heat wave clicks <laughs> in or something like that? <laughs> Yes, definitely. Lots of if we're in for catastrophe, which we are, unfortunately, because we're, you know, we're missing our, some of our key targets. We're about to blow past 1.5 degrees centigrade warming and possibly past two degrees warming. And, you know, catastrophe yeah. is in our future. There's a lot we can do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so if we're going to if we're if we're going to have to ride out the catastrophe, try to turn things around, but have a have a, you know, a pretty bad century in the process. Then yes, may we have lots of Ben and Jerry's uh, you know, <laughs> premium grade ice cream, and let's yeah. also have things like uh, justice. Yeah. Let's also have things like kindness and solidarity and care, yeah. and um, let's also do as much mitigation as we can in this next uh, decade. You know, this very very critical decade to try to you know bend the emissions curve down uh, and make uh, as much of the transition off of fossil fuels to renewables as we can. Yeah. Uh, so we have the least terrible catastrophe, uh, you know, that we could. Right. So uh, it's a very it sounds dark and twisted and pessimistic, but it's actually an extremely hopeful message. This notion of a better catastrophe. Yeah. It's like looking, you know, climate reality in the face and saying, <laughs> not pretending that things are better. Yes, we need yeah. to laugh. It's very important, but not pretending things are better. So how do we get the least worst thing and, and dedicate ourselves to that? Because it's possibly the most important thing humans have ever done. And yeah. laughter is a powerful tool along the way for communicating with people, for piercing the gloom and the darkness and bringing light into it, for bringing people together, to making the truth more bearable and to just um, feeling better, right? You know, feeling better about it all. Um, and uh, just laughter is a, a psychic survival strategy, an existential survival strategy. So that's how, um, that's where the title comes from a bit. Um, and that's, I think, laughter uh, and humor, both dark and uh, a gentler humor play a role. Okay, that's a very comprehensive explanation. Thanks a lot. Because, ah. you know, yeah, if, you, if you come across the title, like, you, you can get a bit, uh, you know, uh, spaced out by that. But it's good. It's good. And okay, so one of the questions you, you, your book is trying to answer is, why the fuck am I recycling? I mean, literally coping for, you know. So I, I must admit to ask myself the same question whenever I see all the yeah. plastic ends up in the ocean, which is why I'm trying to focus on plastic reduction instead. Anyway, in your book, you describe recycling as a good spiritual practice. I can't help but picture you sitting on your curb in front <laughs> of your recycling means with closed eyes, you know. Is that what you meant? Yeah, 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 you know, here, let me, um, um, I forget where that is in the book, but it deserves a <laughs> little, very funny passages. Okay, 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 okay. Um, 
I'm up for it. <laughs> but I'm not going to be able to find it very quickly. So, That's all right. Um, but yeah, but the, you know, I think um, we all ask that question, right? We all, yeah. yeah. You know, we first of all, we were we're trained to think that if we can just be good individual environmental citizens. You know, that's all we need to do as individuals. If we can just police our carbon footprint, um, then uh, that's the most important thing. And let's be very clear that the uh, the top global, um, I think it was in 2004, if I'm not mistaken, one of the top uh, BP hired one of the top uh, PR firms to come up with a way to make it feel like uh, it's all our fault as individuals, right? All so that right. they can sort of. Get yeah, out yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah. the ones who invented the notion of carbon footprint. So let's just be yeah. very clear that it's a it's a big ideological move by the fossil fuel industry to shirk their responsibility and make us all feel uh, guilty and self-flagellating about our, our right. individual carbon footprints while they destroy the planet and make a buck in the process. And, and, and you know, so let's just remember that. But yeah, but still, but still. Um, so without knowing that, knowing that it's 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 policy change, it's system change, it's big collective actions to force the bad actors to do the things they don't want to do, to force the fossil fuel companies uh, to basically end end fossil fuel extraction as fast as humanly possible. Yeah. You know, so that's the main task. But we should also do everything we possibly can as individuals, right? Yeah. We should recycle. We should yeah. move to a plant-based diet. Yeah. We should uh, bicycle. We should, you know, uh, take public transport instead of cars. We should limit our flying. All those things. Yeah, they're still important, and particularly for those wealth, you know, relatively well-off people in the global north who've done the most damage here. Yeah, uh, true, to take a true, lot of responsibility. True. <laughs> but, but, and so I think though we don't trust, we don't trust that our recycling matters, right? We don't trust it, and yet we should do it. But it's a little bit like. We should do it because a little, in a little, 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 small way, it does matter in reality. But we should also do it because it's a good spiritual practice. It's like okay. a prayer. It's like, okay, you know, like a kind of um, mental health, uh, you know, like a yeah, treat. But yeah, but it's staying in integrity with our. We should do all that we can as individuals, but then also join, uh, you know, use the tools of democracy to force those system changes uh, at the same yeah. time. So yeah. I think. Yeah, I think of it as a kind of, yes, as kind of spiritual practice, a kind of prayer, a kind of, um, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes it a, the, um, yeah, good. It makes us feel good with ourselves, basically, yeah, I mean, in a way, responsibility, you know, you feel the, you know, consciousness yeah. and stuff. And then when we ask other people to step up, whether that's politicians or CEOs or our, our neighbors, then we, we feel like we're doing that in good faith, right? Yeah, We've done sure. all that we can as an individual. So I think yeah. it's, it's important, but there's a look, you know, there's a understandable irony or suspicion or, you know, big question mark. Uh, okay. on it. Cool. Um, you know, yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, let, let's go back to the dark side. Yeah. So your book also includes some flow charts. Yeah. One of them is called "Choose Your Own Catastrophe." Yeah. So uh, that's funny to me, to be honest. But I'm, I'm sure people are dying to know how you let them die. Is this what's all about? <laughs> um, <laughs> not. <laughs> I mean, we are in a. We're in for a serious reckoning, right? We're in for yeah, a very yeah. serious reckoning. True. That doesn't mean there's not a role for humor. That doesn't mean there's nothing to be done. 
right? And yeah. so, but we're in a predicament. We're in, we're facing very difficult choices. Um, sometimes it's a choice, like in one of the places I ask the question, the flowchart has a lot of these decision points. Yeah. And it's, it's, fa it's factual based. These are real um, forks in the road. It goes through all of these, you know, diverging paths. Some of them mm -hmm. are in our hearts. Some of them are in reality. Yeah. And, um, you know, and then I bring humor into it. So it's like, there's a question of like, how bad is it? And I go, you have, <laughs> and you have four choices, you know, pretty bad, bad, really bad, and really, really bad. You know, those are your, like your four choices. It doesn't mean we're all going to die, yeah. um, but it does mean that it's, you know, we're trying to sober up um, and, yeah. and again, not pretend that things are better than they are. The, the best way to, you know, fix a problem is to acknowledge that you have one, right? Yeah, so let's, true. Uh, let's face the reality. Let's yeah. face the reality. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, right. So it, it also, uh, you know, offers a lot of the dilemmas that we face, you know, like, yeah. uh, do we do mitigation, adaptation or suffering? Well, all three, right? <laughs> um, especially suffering, right? Yeah. Uh, are, is it too late? Well, you know, there's a lot of different answers to that. Yeah. And, and basically it's like, yes, ish, but also <laughs> it's, it's never too late. Right. It's like, yeah. it's too late. We're going to miss some key targets. We, we should have fixed things 30 and 50 years ago when we knew the problem was, uh, you know, happening Exxon yeah. knew 50, 50 years ago. Um, but we didn't. And so, yes, it's too late, uh, for certain targets that we should have met We're, there's going to be a lot of damage done, yeah. but it's never too late. Uh, every fraction of a degree matters, you know. So there's like, it's a yes and. Yes, it's too late, and it's never too late. And how do we be honest about both of those and do all the good that we can, you know? So, yeah, so, um, yeah true. Yeah, I think so. The basically you're suggesting that the question should be how catastrophic should it be? <laughs> well, you do want to be, do you want it to be? Exactly, yeah, basically. exactly. And then if, if people are given that, they'll be like, as the hopefully the answer is as long you know, as for people is as as least, the least as possible. Yeah, as le like right, like that. There's a um, when I do these uh, book tour events, I generally end with this chant, uh, and I get everybody to do it, and it's funny but also okay. sobering. Yeah. And I and I said, what do we want? <laughs> a bitter catastrophe, you know? <laughs> when do we want it? As late in the century as possible, you know? And, every, and we all do that together. And that works. Like, that works. Right. A... So then the, the big question of the book and the flowchart and the title, yeah. as you mentioned, uh, is like, um, you know, how do we, <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do we, not just how do we get a better, the best catastrophe we can that's still available to us, the least worst one. But how do we, in our hearts, accept that that is our mission? You know, that's yeah. a very, you know, we're used to fixing problems. We're used to like, it gets better. You know, everything will be fixed. You know, everything will be better. We can have the, the, the you know, some, if we aim for utopia, we can get somewhere close to it. Yeah. And yes, I, I do believe that even that this, you know, they, they say that, uh, you know, crisis is always an opportunity, right? And yeah. crisis is always a moment of truth. You know, apocalypse itself, the word in Greek goes back to an unveiling, right? Yeah. It's a revelation. It's a, cool. it's a moment of reckoning and truth. Yeah. And that can cause us to remember what's important, you know, yeah. um, the, the natural world, uh, kindness, uh, justice, uh, and not, 
the hyper accumulation of material goods and flying, for, you know, flying halfway across the world for a three day, you know, vacation, you know, that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Remember what's important and how to protect it and preserve it, you know, a livable world for our children. If that requires a systemic reworking of our economy, well, then it's worth it. And that's, yeah. you know, like people don't do the things that are, are necessary. They don't even do, we don't always do the things that we know we need to do and mm -hmm. that we know we would be better off with unless we are kind of up up against a a absolute you know requirement that yeah, we do so yeah. and a revelation uh, that things are that, that, that you know if we don't right that things will be like a, a, an even more terrible option than doing yeah, nothing yeah, right yeah that's right. and so we must do something so i don't know so yeah, that's part of it all. Yeah, we need a slap in the face sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and now we need to slap ourselves. Yeah, right. Well, that, that's yeah, that's exactly yeah. yeah. But, but, but this is where humor. This is where humor can come in. Humor can work as a, a slap. wow, a, a sudden <laughs> insight, right? A sudden yeah. bolt of lightning. A sudden shifting of perspective. A sudden true, true. you know realizing something in a different context, right? Yeah, it can be. Yeah. A, it can you know the. Um, all those moments, the emperor has no clothes, the, the, the ridicule of power, the ridicule of things that we accept is true, you know, all of that. But it's, it could often be uh, the best kind of humor is a is a generous invitation to see things differently. Right. Yeah, is, yeah. It's a it's a revelation. And to it's think. A, yeah. yeah, to think and to feel and to and also to feel our humanity in a way that's outside of the boxes that we may have put ourselves in that separate us from others. It sort of brings it can bring people together uh, in our sort of, you know, we're <laughs> we're all in the in the mud looking up at the stars. <laughs> true, yeah. true, oh. true. Okay, cool. So one of my previous talking about humor. So one of my previous guests said that good nature comedy works better than Gallup's humor for climate communication. So how would you respond to that? But before you go for it, just want to mention that I hope you're blown away by climate driving to tornado is not an acceptable answer, yeah? <laughs> getting, <laughs> getting blown away by a climate tornado. Yeah, I, I don't know if I, I think they're both, here's what I think, and this is not a cop-out, this, this is very deep in my bones. I think both are, both are important. Both have their value. Both have their uses. So, yeah. Like, there's an example of like, uh, um, if you will, what do you call it? Nice humor. What is it called? Uh, good, good nature humor, nature, or yeah. you know, like, well, yeah. So, good natured humor. There's a great example of it um, in the book, which is um, like a big climate conference, right? And there's somebody up at the podium. You know, a lot of people yeah. in the room. Look, somebody up at the podium listing things like safe communities, clean water, you know, clean yeah, air, yeah, yeah. you know green green clean energy da -da, listing yeah. all these great things and um you know and then there's a guy in the back a grumpy you know older white guy in the back whatever <laughs> saying something you know and he's like you know but what if it's what if it's all a hoax and we create a better <laughs> world for nothing you know what if it's all a hoax and we create a yeah. better world for nothing so so that's very good natured humor you know hmm. that's like right why are we fighting over whether climate change is real or not when yeah. We could reduce pollution. We could decentralize energy. We could make things cleaner and cheaper and mm -hmm. simpler and more in our democratic control, you know, town by town. And we don't have to agree about, the, you know, the science. Arguably, yeah. that is something that has benefits independent yeah. of this, you know, debate about whether the Earth is 6,000 years old or <laughs> 4.3 billion. And, you know, we are causing 
uh, anthropo, you know, it, 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 greenhouse gases are caused by human activity. You know, we don't, we don't, you know, there's so many obvious good things to, um, uh, outcomes from this, you know, so it's, so it's sort of like, yeah, right. Uh, and it, it could bring people together who maybe disagree on that, but who, who think clean energy or community solar are are good, but might disagree yeah. on you know, bigger ideological, religious or cosmological things. So it's very funny. Yeah. That's kind of uh, a good natured uh, humor that I think is very powerful and revealing and, and brings people together. And, and uh, so but then I think also there's you know, we're in a we're in for a really like I think people. So, I'm not someone, I'm a very enthusiastic person. I'm a very hopeful person. I have 30 yeah. years you know, as yeah. an activist, right? I'm obviously yeah. Yeah. Uh, not the traditional pessimist, right? I'm not okay. the traditional apocalyptic person. I'm yeah. the person who's like, like eyes on the prize. Things could be better. Let's yeah. do this. Yeah. You know, sure. let's make this happen yeah. for decades. So, but why, why have I written a book with a lot of dark humor? <laughs> why have I, you know, because, because pretending that things are better than they are has not has done has been a disservice right okay that there is it's very very hard for people they don't want to talk about climate change i don't they don't want to think about climate change they don't want to deal with what it means what it what it requires of us as individuals or as a society or as you know governments or whatever people don't want to do that and so there's a lot of denial there's a lot of delay there's a lot of uh, kicking the can down the road. There's a lot of yeah. wishful, fake, you know, fake optimism, fake yeah. thinking. There's a lot of ways to sort of make the solutions all compatible with business as usual. And, you know, blah, blah. and yeah. so that is hurting us. That is not helping. That is uh, delaying our reckoning. That is um, taking tools out of our hands. That is making it hard for us all to come together and agree and do the make the huge World War II level mobilization efforts that uh, are required of us. Cool. And so we need to live in the climate truth. And it's very hard for people. And when they do, wow, people get, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And yeah. so in those places, for the people who are in that place, who are dealing with despair <clears throat> and kind of paralysis and doom and climate anxiety and the frustration of knowing of seeing the truth and but it's not being acknowledged by governments and leaders and and um you know public yeah, yeah. uh you know uh, public opinion make yeah. you know media folks and at the level that it deserves um like greta says it should be front page news every day yeah uh, in the newspaper for the next hundred years and you know it's not so then for for, for folks like us gallows humor dark humor can be a real help it can be a real aid. It can build. It can, it can acknowledge the darkness and uh, our sort of cosmic situation, and and be and be. I don't know. Like honor, honor the heartbreak, and yeah. make it easier easier to hold. You know, and leaven the darkness. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm reading about World War II veterans. You know who. Yeah. Um, you know, and, 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 and folks on the front lines in the Ukraine and that gallows humor is absolutely essential to their, uh, their survival. survival yeah, um, yeah, not true, yeah. true, true, true. And true. so this, it's similar thing. Like it's, it's, uh, you know, yeah. So okay. even the, no, the, the phrase sense. better, even the phrase better catastrophe is yeah. a, is a joke, but it is a truth yeah. as well. And yeah. so anyway, 
It's a better yeah. way to face the reality, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's a more productive way to face reality. It, it acknowledges the darkness and still steps in with like, we have agency. There are things we can do. There's things we must do. Yeah. Um, things are bad, but they but we can make them. Uh, you know, but they don't have to be as bad as they could be. You know. Okay. So anyway, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so besides being an author, yeah, you're also an activist. So in particular, you run a campaign to raise awareness on how the Cox brother funded the climate change denial. So climate activists are blocking roads to attract people's attention. Now, would they attract your attention or drive you mad if you were to stumble across them on the way to your book presentation? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I would... Like the, the scenario I always imagine is like being, you know, trapped in an elevator with somebody, right? Like you're like, you know, you're, you don't know them. They're on one floor going somewhere. You're on another floor going somewhere. You happen to be in the elevator for like, you know, 10 seconds or, you know, 30 seconds, but then the elevator breaks down and you're stuck there for a bunch of hours. So then, you know, you have an audience, you know, so then you're like, okay, you're in this situation together. You're both trying to get out <laughs> and you have like three, four hours to talk about things. And yeah. It would be very interesting, I think. It would be very interesting to talk to, you know, David Koch is now dead, but, you yeah. know, uh, Charles Koch is still alive. Yeah. Um, and it would be very interesting to talk to him. And there will be places we could agree, right? Like there's, you know, because he's a libertarian. He's a very, you know, hyper-capitalist, pro-fossil fuels, um, yeah, you know, yeah. right-wing libertarian, but yeah. he's a libertarian. And so we could agree on some aspects of criminal justice reform. We could agree on some aspects of hot legalization, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. So I'm a very, I'm a very, I generally am not a hateful person. There are people who deserve my hate because of what they've done in the world. But, you know, they also, you know, have their, they think they're doing the right thing. So it's always still, even though they're hateful and really toxic and a disaster for the world, they have their own story that explains why to them why they think it's good yeah. and so it's always i'm always curious about that and so i'd be curious to sort of you know in my four hours with charles Koch <laughs> in the elevator i would be curious to see if i could understand that better i always like to find the places of agreement so then i would sort of start there look we agree on this we agree on this and then it's like okay and then he thinks here is a reasonable person who's talking to me in good faith, yeah, right? And looking for the common ground, even though we are on such different parts of the spectrum on so many other ways. So he might, maybe, hmm. since, you know, this isn't filmed yeah, or yeah, this yeah. isn't public, you know, this is something where he might lean into his own, yeah. you know, truths and good faith. And uh, who knows what would happen. And, and uh, um, yeah, so but, see, uh, might, then I would challenge... I would challenge yeah. him on some things and he would challenge yeah. me and you know, he we might, might both learn something. Yeah, he might listen to us and then, you know, okay, back in touch. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> yeah, or or I might decide this is, you know, I might decide to go to jail for the rest of my life and the best <laughs> thing I can do for, for the future of humanity is just to strangle this guy. You know, and maybe, maybe, I, would, maybe I would do that. You know, when else would I ever get an opportunity? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just know that, that that's, you know, that's my sacrifice. Um, All right, fair enough. <laughs> Um, you know, right. if only his, his heir was like, you know, an incredibly progressive, um, you know, uh, ecology oriented person and his, you know, $30 billion would go into the right hands, you know, maybe it would be, uh, you know, maybe it would be good. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, uh, 
Who knows, right? Oh, Hypotheticals. Yeah, true, true, true. Okay, so next question is, tell, tell me one thing about climate change that makes you laugh. Many, I guess. Right, <laughs> right. No. Um, no. Yeah, so there's a lot. I mean, it's, uh, you know, for the good nature jokes here, I've got, um, I pulled a few from the, um, yes, from the book. Yeah. Uh, so they're, you know, just these funny jokes that I thought were funny that I collected as a sort of example of like what Why you would not? call good, good natured humor. So, yeah. So from the uh, satirical newspaper, The Onion, you know, it was like, oh, yeah. Ball canceled after three, you know, after three billion seasons, you know. OK, so that, <laughs> that's that's funny. You yeah, know, that's funny. yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know that we we learn anything exactly, but it's, you know, a beloved classic comes to an end. You know, boom, that's dark. <laughs> that's dark humor. That's, yeah. that's funny. Sure, you know? sure. Um, I don't you know if you um, remember uh, the, the, the the midget, if you will, or the, you know, very um, smaller than normal sized person. Yeah. Gary yeah. Coleman. But, you know, um, Conan O'Brien and one of his late night shows, you know, uh, he, he asks uh, a four and a half you know, foot rise in sea level can mean only one thing. You know, <laughs> uh, Gary Coleman is going to drown. You know, okay, that's, you know, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. That's funny. It's a little mean to Gary Coleman. It makes you picture. It makes you picture though. It makes you picture that's the thing. Right. Yeah, that's because, yeah. That's True. right. <laughs> um, cool, fun. <laughs> yeah. So, mm, you know, there's some examples there. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Yeah, you can. There is a lot. There is a lot we can pick from. That's right. Okay, cool, cool. That's you. You you pass the stand up uh, exam. That that definitely that. And now, if you're ready, there is a quiz moment. So my quiz is okay, called sure. "Who Wants to Be Climate Aware." That's my my quiz. But you know, <laughs> okay. it, 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 there's no millions involved, so you know, no millionaires here. So because budget is restrained. <laughs> right. So free question for each question, you got free choices yep yeah? right first question as of 2015 out of all plastic waste ever generated we recycle only around nine percent of it <clears throat> so why why is that a because the current recycling system is not profitable enough b because andrew boyd had not written his book on climate change yet <laughs> See, because people like the crunchy microplastic in their food. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I like your questions. I think the questions are doing most of the work here. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I no, I appreciate that. And uh, I'll have to go with. First of all, nine percent is just horrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's true. I'm gonna add. I, I'm gonna go with A, but I'm gonna also add a D. Okay. Which is um that we have too many too much plastic in the first place right it's true. less about recycling the plastic no, than true. about you know producing so much and uh that you know that is non-biodegradable because there's these new you know new plastics that are you know corn yeah. based and you know whatever yeah bioplastic um, the what they call bioplastic uh, bioplastics and that yeah. kind of thing so yeah. what you know so i think it's this yeah the, this extremely faulty you know, mass production of plastic that's yeah. based on this, you know, ex, you know, whatever extractivist uh, yeah. model. And if we can get into more of a circular economy and yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's uh, a good point. It's a good point to be honest. And also have these, um, you know, these new uh, engineered, you know, bioorganisms that break down plastic. Yeah. 
in you know, in landfills, you know, so there's some interesting, but there are some, you know, there's some, there's a lot of interesting, there's an international treaty on banning plastic waste. There's a lot of efforts, uh, you know, and I think the EU is leading this with regulations about reducing plastic production. And then I think there's these new technologies of, you know, of recycling and, um, remediating you know plastic and, yeah. and then there's like collecting of all this plastic in the middle of the oceans and you know these kind of new technologies yeah for that. yeah, yeah true, true it's really the source we need to go to the source we need to have system-wide solutions and we need to go to, at the yeah. point of production is where the is where the real change uh, needs to happen cool well done anyway well done for the uh, uh, good question so good yeah question. okay so second question who said that Story, uh -oh. Stories of climate disasters date back to ancient ancient legends and scriptural traditions. So A, Andrew Boyd, after smoking weed during one of his spiritual recycling sessions. <laughs> B, the Dalai Lama, after reading Andrew Boyd's book on climate change. C, <laughs> US Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. I think I pronounced it right. <laughs> no, you pronounce that's fine, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, right. Uh, first of all, I like your your answers are very funny, and I like <laughs> I like I like this I like this format. But yeah, I'm going to go with with C. Um, <laughs> yeah, well done. We get, well done. We should get him a copy. Let's get Pete Buttigieg's, uh, you know, secretary, yeah. cabinet secretary for transportation in yeah. Biden's cabinet. Let's get him a copy of the book. Right. Yeah, that's that's for sure. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, so I got the last question. Yeah. All right. So, what is more big? The more the morbid desire to travel to Mozambique to experience it before it's radic radically altered by climate change. B. The morbid desire to travel to places to experience them before they are radically altered by climate change. C. The morbid desire to travel to Andrew Boyd's place and kick his ass after reading his book on climate change. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> um right uh, <laughs> complicated yeah, one <laughs> there are a lot of morbid options at you know as quote unquote at the end of the world you know yeah there's a there's a notion of um you know there are these little uh, vignettes of mm. different people's takes on when they sort of start to realize the situation we're in and one of them i i've subtitled as uh, let's party Let's party like it's 2099, you know, like a riff on on a riff on a, a, a Prince song, you know. Yeah. And I think you know, there are some folks who take that attitude. It's like, hey, man, this is all going to hell. Let's just, you know, let's just have fun as the, you know, let's just be in the party car, the bar car of this train that's going over the cliff. Woohoo! You know, <laughs> and um, in some ways, it's an understandable, you know, let's go to Mozambique and experience it before it's gone. Yeah. And there's a way in which that could be extremely selfish. There's another way in which, you know, like minus the plane flight, like let's just say it's like, yeah. let's go, let's let's take a walk, a long walk into the nearby forest to experience it before, you know, it is on fire or before, mm. yeah. you know, the trees, you know, d uh, die of drought or, you know, before the, 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 you know, the construction people come in and build another uh, unnecessary, you know, <laughs> uh, McMansion. Yeah. You know, so there's there's some there is is, is a uh, morbid but wisdom in that, because it's like, yes, we are going to lose things. You know, we're going yeah. to lose things. You know, the, yeah. the coral reefs are going to bleach. Yeah. Yeah. You know, even when Naomi Klein went to Australia, you know, 
you know, she acknowledged, hey, I'm flying to Australia. I try to fly as little as possible, but here I am on book tour. And, you know, I want my kid to see the Great Barrier Reef before it's gone. You know, what is it going to be like for, I show him all these pictures, you know, go through these picture books of things that may be destroyed before he gets a chance to see them. You know, so there is a, there is a, it's very, very sad. But in some ways, uh, so in some ways, weirdly, it might be our responsibility being alive and aware right now to love and experience and witness and drink in the, the beauty uh, that is still left. Not at the expense of destroying the world further by like, you know, flying halfway around the world just to sort of satisfy yeah. a morbid curiosity, <laughs> but because the beauty is there and it may not be there for future generations. So we should let it affect us. We should be commune with it. You know, it will do us some good. It's a way to honor, uh, you know, these beautiful places and beautiful brother and sister species who we share the planet with. Um, And it might, you know, yeah, it might be a way for us to then at some point uh, be able to share that feeling or, you know, take the photos or tell the stories or, uh, you know, of what that was like. So, you know, yes. Uh, it's morbid. Yes, those are funny. Those are funny paradoxes, but also there's something very, very serious and beautiful or serious in what you're saying and requires us to lean into the beauty that's uh, that remains, you know, and try, obviously try to preserve it. What better way to drink in the forest than, you know, standing in front of the bulldozer, you know, trying to prevent the bulldozer from, you know, destroying yeah, it. Right. True. You know, uh, but maybe the night before the action, you go for a walk in the woods and look at the stars and smell the trees and that kind of thing, you know. So who knows? Antonio, it's been a pleasure uh, talking with you. And uh, before I leave, I just wanted to remind your listeners that uh, everything about the book um, is available at bettercatastrophe.com. <laughs> bettercatastrophe.com. Uh, you can uh, read excerpts from the book uh, before you decide to buy. It's a it's an easy way to save save yourself thirty dollars. Um, <laughs> you know, if you think if you think the excerpts are great, well, then fine. Then the thirty dollars is worth it. But uh, um, you can also look at some of the f- graphics that we talked about, the uh, flowchart and everything. Yeah. Soon there'll be an interactive version of the flowchart only available on the oh, website, okay. uh, nowhere nice. else. Um, and you can also, people can also see tour dates uh, there. Uh, I will be in the UK and Europe uh, in the month of June That's in various great. places in London, in Bristol, in Copenhagen, in Berlin. So uh, you can uh, check out when and where and sign up or tell your friends. Um, yeah. And thanks for, yeah, uh, Antonio, again, uh, I really appreciate you bringing humor to such a, uh, you know, such a tough, a tough problem uh, for <laughs> a lot of people. I think it's a real mental health um, gift that you're yeah. doing here. Uh, both the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, both the good natured humor and the dark humor. We need them both. They both have different purposes. And thank you for holding that up and inviting folks on and 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 keeping that conversation going Thanks. and it's a real yeah it's a real service so yeah better catastrophe uh, i want to better catastrophe is the book and bettercatastrophe.com is the website uh, thanks again for having me thanks a lot thanks a lot and thanks for your contribution to be honest like i'm, I'm actually i'm gonna try to to come and visit you in one of your tour in the uk let's see let's see if i manage <laughs> okay all right wonderful uh yeah thanks a lot again and thanks and, to whoever tuning in Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'll just. I'll, yeah, no. Sorry. Um, 
you don't have to be in Bristol or the or or London. Uh, there will be several uh, online events, so oh, cool. And just you know, there'll be people who can yeah. do and others. Yeah. Who okay. want to join? There'll be more and more of these online events. Uh, there's one scheduled uh, on the website now, and there will be many more to come. And so that's another way to you know experience the sort of humor live, even though it's at a distance. You know, even though yeah. it's on the internet. Yeah, we, we save on the kind of footprint. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That's great. Right, that's great. Thanks a lot again, and uh, you know, thanks to whoever tuned in today. Next episode will be in a month as usual. In the meantime, remember to fight climate change one dark laugh at a time. Ciao, ciao, Andrew. Ciao. Thank you. Bye.